I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. years ago there was a man named John. Or was it 80 years ago? Or was it today? Even John's not sure. All he really knows is that while so many things change, there are also so many things that stay the same. Traveling through the web of time with his old friend Ed in their ever-changing barbershop, John makes a point to always grab the local newspaper. The time capsules that let him and Ed know exactly where, and more importantly, when they are. No matter what part of time they land in, it seems John and Ed are known by every local they encounter, so it's best they stay up on the times. Today we find John returning to the shop with a copy of the Alexandria Gazette. The date is July 31, 1914, and they're in a place called Alexandria, Virginia. In 1910, the Mexican Revolution began when Francisco Madero entered the race against long-term dictator Porfirio Diaz, but Diaz had Madero put in jail to keep him out of the running. And of course, Diaz won that rigged election even though pretty much everyone hated him. Madero managed to escape jail and issued the call to arms against Diaz in the plan of St. Louis Potosi. Thus, the Mexican Revolution began. By 1911, Diaz was forced to dissolve his government because of the successful revolt led by Madero, who won the subsequent election. Always vigilant in order to protect its citizens and property, the United States sent troops to the border where fighting in the Mexican Revolution was so close to the border that the U.S. citizens would often gather to watch. In 1912, this guy named Pancho Villa, a bandit, who became general in the Mexican Revolution, fought against some rebels in the north, first capturing and then losing Peral. Villa then joined forces with Huerta, Madero's field commander in the north. There was a great deal of fighting and changing of leadership, but by 1914, Huerta, who started out as Madero's field commander, had assumed power in Mexico as president, and then had Madero, his brother, and his vice president killed, and then lost control of three-quarters of the country. So yeah, he basically maintained power around Mexico City, and that was it. In steps President Woodrow Wilson, and he was pretty suspicious of Huerta. So he escalated a misunderstanding into the seizure and six-month occupation of Veracruz by U.S. Marines and naval contingents. And that was enough to make Huerta resign. But no worries. Even with World War I in full swing, the Mexican Revolution will continue a few more years. This evening at about 9.45 p.m., Jean Jaurès, a French socialist, 
will be assassinated at Café du Croissant by no nationalist Raoul Villain. Torres had been due to attend the international conference on August 9th in an attempt to dissuade the parties from going ahead with the war. No one is truly certain as to why he was assassinated, but it was speculated that it was in order to stop him from attending the conference. Juarez believed he could expose the French president Poincaré's secret deal with Russia. This would have led to a policy of cooperation with Germany, preventing the war and the inevitable carnage. Russia had covertly subsidized Poincaré's election campaign. Thus, Poincaré had, in theory, therefore abandoned socialism for another party in warfare. Even if Germany intentionally condemned Belgium to occupation, they had already accused Russia of starting the conflict. Nevertheless, this theory, downplaying Germany's progressive moves, was not widely supported in France. Even worse, Mrs. Hall has found out that you can't trust anybody. And now, we too are falling through the archives. Oh, you got your wish, my friend. Still in Alexandria, and it's still 1914. And it's July 31st. I get it, John. I could learn to like it here. That ball game last night wasn't what I expected, but dang if it wasn't a good time for a change. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. I think those boiled peanuts messed me up, though. Told you not to eat the whole bag. I know you did, but I don't need to hear your I told you so crap at this moment. Thank you very much. All right, but I did tell you so. Now I don't want to hear about your belly aching either. Hold on. Just you let me get myself situated. All right. You look a little green around the gills, though, huh? Need me to get you some ginger from the corner store for your belly before you get started? Maybe you'll share that paper and let me read it today. No, sir. I don't need any ginger, and I don't need you messing up our routine. Now it's Friday, July 31st, 1914. John, I already know what day it is. Uh-huh. I told you. I don't need you messing up our routine. So shush it. Let's see here. Europe awaiting call to arms. Kaiser William expected to declare war on Russia today. World is alarmed. Martial law proclaimed in Germany. Dispatches from Prussia and Austrian capital censored. London, July 31st. Official. England is in momentary expectation of a formal declaration of war by Germany against Russia. Semi-official information shortly after 3 p.m. in Germany states that Germany has been officially declared in a state of war. The latest move places all railroads, telegraph lines, channels of communication, and transportation directly under the army. The German War Department's martial law has now superseded all civil authority throughout the empire, and while no formal announcement of the fact has yet been made to the powers, it is generally believed in London that the German mobilization is already secretly underway. Cable communication between Berlin and London has been seriously interfered with during the day, and all incoming dispatches bear evidence of the most rigid censorship. All inquiries from London newspapers and news agencies, the answers to which might in any way shed light on the international happenings in Germany, the movement of German troops or war vessels, have gone unanswered. All diplomatic intercourse has apparently come to a standstill, and every embassy in London has adopted the non-communicative attitude while awaiting the announcement from Berlin that war has actually been declared. British military experts are generally quoted as expressing the belief that when the actual declaration is made, Germany's mobilization will be shown to have progressed to such a point as to cause consternation on both the French and Russian frontiers. 
Detailed information from the Serbian scene of activities is practically nil. Obviously, Vienna has clapped on a rigid censorship and little detailed information from the Balkans is expected until after the Berlin situation has come to a head. The German embassy interpreted the report as meaning that every part of the German Empire would be affected by the state of war order except Bavaria. Under the German law, a separate proclamation of a state of war is necessary for Russia. It is expected such a proclamation will be issued immediately. Wars and rumors of war. Berlin, July 31st. Passed by censor. A series of explosions were heard on the Russian side of the Austro-Russian frontier at Meislovitz earlier today, and the Tsar's troops are reported to have blown up a big bridge over Vistula. Messages received here declare. The bridge reported to be blown up is an important one on the Vienna-Warsaw Railroad. Myslovitz is 116 miles southeast of Breslau and about 30 miles east of Krakow and Glacia. Berlin, July 31, passed by censor. Prices on food imported from Russia doubled today. Potatoes are unobtainable. There was no London mail today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A proclamation to the officers charged with the duty of conducting elections throughout the state of Virginia, pursuant to the provisions of an act of assembly approved February 18, 1914, I hereby give notice that an election will be held at all of the voting precincts in this commonwealth on Tuesday, September 22, 1914, between the hours of sunrise and sunset on the question of prohibiting the manufacture for sale and the sale of intoxicating liquors in this state. Given under my hand this July 14, 1914, 
H.C. Stewart governor. Correct your system with liver searcher tablets. Old doctor's remedy. Send 25 cents for one box. Searcher manufacturing company, Warner Building, Washington, D.C. Special for Saturday. Great bargains for ladies with small feet. Black suede pumps worth $3.50 for 95 cents. Patent leather pumps worth $3.50 for 95 cents. Patent leather Oxfords worth $3.50 for 95 cents. Mostly small sizes and narrow widths. Remember, Saturday only. C.B. Marshall, 422 King Street. One of the last things that Commodores do before sailing on an expedition is to purchase Gibson's Pure Old Rye. Can you imagine a stronger testimonial? We have all kinds of liquors carefully packed in neat cartons ready for shipment to all sections of Virginia. From $2 to $8 per gallon. Have on hand Gibson's Double X, Triple X, Quadruple X in Pure Old Rye. Old Cabinet and Monogram. Also, Baker and Thompson's Whiskeys, to which we invite your attention. Should you feel deposed to send us an order, we know you'll be satisfied with the results. Soliciting your trade, we are yours, respectfully, W.A. Johnson and Company. For rent, apartments, four-room and bath, hot water, heat, $18 a month with heat, water, and janitor service included. Have just taken charge of the colonial apartments and will rent to desirable tenants. All in good repair, high ceiling, comfortable rooms, separate laundry and basement. See Slaymaker Schneider Corporation, 612 King Street. Communication between Berlin and London seriously interfered with and bear evidence of the most rigid censorship. Shocker. Yeah, standard operating procedure. Nothing good ever happens when any country invokes martial law either. There has to be at least a few people out there that can see what's coming. You and I both know people from every time prefer to keep their heads buried and pretend that everything is just dandy. So even if the whole of them know, they won't admit it. Oh. But when it affects their money, maybe they'll start getting it. Listen to this. Serious state of money markets. While excitement is on, world dumps shares into this country. Exchanges close. Suspension of business on London, Chicago, Philadelphia, New York, and Boston exchanges. New York, July 31st. Facing the enormous task of absorbing all the world's stock business, the New York Stock Exchange decided to close today. The Board of Governors held that unloading of securities might result in depressing prices to a panicky figure. The Consolidated Stock Exchange also closed shortly after opening today. It took its cue from the action of the New York Stock Exchange. The Board of Governors felt that it was inadvisable to subject the market here, which, despite the flood of selling orders, has been maintained. A relatively strong position to the veritable avalanche of selling orders from all over the world. The action of the Board followed the closing of the Stock Exchange in London and the principal cities of Great Britain. The exchange yesterday was only the first class exchange in the world open and doing an unlimited business. Chicago, July 31st. The Chicago Stock Exchange today closed until further notice. The Philadelphia Stock Exchange was ordered to close today. Boston, July 31st. The Boston Stock Exchange did not open today. Pittsburgh, July 31st. The Pittsburgh Stock Exchange did not open today. London, July 31st. The committee today decided to close the stock exchange until further notice on the account of the international war crisis. This is the first instance in modern times when the London Exchange has suspended all business. So they close the market. They do that every weekend and holiday. That's not going to wake anybody up. You're right. They're proving it right here. War will have no effect in Alexandria. That the threatened worldwide war and the consequent tightening of the money market in the United States will have no effect in Alexandria 
was the unanimous opinion of the people well-versed within the financial affairs of the community today. While there may be some considerable withdrawal funds now on deposit with the banks for the purpose of buying bonds and stocks at low prices, at which they are now selling it will not cause any noticeable effect upon the local money market. It is generally conceded that things in Alexandria are on an unusually sound basis. There have been no signs of overdevelopment, and all of the business concerns of the city have been very conservative during the past year, not incurring expenditures beyond those absolutely necessary. The affairs of the few weak companies which have been placed in the hands of receivers have practically been settled up without the loss to anyone in Alexandria. Few cities in the country can wait with such complacency and commencement of a war that will shake the world or a financial situation at home that may present some widespread difficulties, as can Alexandria. Oh yeah, I'm sure those people well-versed with the financial affairs of Alexandria will hold that line of reasoning as long as humanly possible. An unusually sound basis, they say. As if they can't change in a minute. Well, at least they know that not everyone will have it so easy. Pretty sure no one's going to have it easy at all. Ha! <laughs> Here we go. Women's counsel is surprised. Prosecution brings witness to refute evidence of Miss Wood. Creates sensation. Richmond man swears Hall's revolver was fully loaded one week before Louisa tragedy. Louisa Courthouse, Virginia, July 31st. Miss Mammy Rawson, school teacher who was living in the Hall home on the night of the murder, testified yesterday that when she was on her way to the grand jury room in May, Miss Hall stopped her and said, Don't say anything in there that could give me away. Miss Rawson was one of the first persons to reach Victor Hall's side after he was shot. The prosecution scored heavily with her testimony, and it is believed that her sensational evidence will lead to the revealing of the whole true story as to how Hall met his death and what happened in the Hall home immediately after the murder. Testimony tending to prove that the revolver with one empty shell under his hammer found in Victor Hall's home after he was shot to death was fully loaded one week before the murder was offered by the state yesterday at the trial of the slain man's widow for her life. Charles Johnson of Richmond, cousin of Miss Essie Wood, who resided in the home of the Halls on the night of the killing, swore he examined the revolver on April 6th and was not only warned that it was fully loaded, but made an examination of the revolver and found every chamber loaded. The witness was questioned at considerable length about the whiskey drinking by attorney Gordon, but he stuck to his assertion that the revolver was fully loaded on April 6th. Victor Hall was shot to death on the morning of April 15th. W.R. Buck Duncombe, brother of Miss Hall's first husband, also testified yesterday. Hostility between Miss Hall and Duncombe is said to have brought a number of incendiary fires at Green Springs Station. The state's theory in the murder case is that Miss Hall set fire to Duncombe's store on the night of April 14th and afterwards shot her husband in the back of the head while he laid in bed to prevent him from exposing her as the firebug. Duncombe's testimony was important to the state's case and was followed the keenest interest by the accused woman. During his testimony, Duncombe was asked the question, did you kill Victor Hall on the morning of April 15th? He replied that he did not and he did not know who killed Mr. Hall. They haven't proved anything against me, and they won't, Miss Hall declared at the conclusion of the morning session. They will have to manufacture evidence if they expect to prove anything against me, and I know they can't prove anything with manufactured evidence. Of course, my position is not a very comfortable one, but I am not uneasy. God is true, and I know my innocence will be proved. Oh, good Lord. You think they believe that, Miss Mammy? What kind of person would tell you, don't say anything there that would give me away, and expect you not to do just that? 
Well, maybe Miss Hall has some dirt on Miss Mammy. Now, if she had dirt, it would have been thrown, and the paper would have sucked it right up. Well, I have to rethink all this now, now that I know Miss Hall is a firebug as well. Allegedly. Well, if we're still here, want to see another baseball game on Saturday? Saturday? Uh, let me check my schedule. Looks like I'm available. <laughs> Who's playing? Let's see here. Baseball on Saturday. Cardinals and Penley Town teams will cross bats at Park. The fans who are clamoring for good games are now being given a chance to see some of the best teams in the District of Columbia and vicinity in action against the Fast Cardinal Athletic Club, which is playing an article of ball worth visiting the park to wits. A large crowd, including many ladies, will watch the game on Saturday afternoon at 4.30 between Cardinals and the Tenley Town team, who are the pennant winners of the Marquette League. The Tenley Town aggression will surely prove to be a hard nut for the home lads to crack, but the feeling is that another victory will be added to the string when the dust clears after the game Saturday. March or Jones, who have been the mainstays of the Tenley team, will be on the slab with Hagger behind the plate. The Cardinals will probably work Ritson and McBride as their battery, although this may be changed the last minute to one of the other twirlers and with Merchant, the Cardinals' star, first sacker back on the job, and Indian Allensworth to cover the center field in Lamillion, the home lads will have their strongest players on the field. The Braddock AC, who registered a victory over the Cardinals last Sunday, will come back Sunday afternoon, and the maroon and gray lads are planning to have revenge and wipe out the 6-5 to five defeat. What the heck is a twirler? More gymnastic? No, apparently it's a pitcher. Well, they did say there would be ladies there, so I'm in. You scoundrel. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind being a bit of a scoundrel if the opportunity should arise. Alrighty then. <laughs> hmm. How about some news of the day? I'm listening. All right, here we go. News of the day. There was a slight snowfall along the glades on the mountains above Oakland, Maryland, and very cold showers at Cumberland yesterday. Gas stoves were lighted, and the people generally felt the sharp change in the temperature. Owners of all the houses within the block bound by Columbus and Amsterdam Avenues and 76th and 77th Streets in New York, who are at their country homes, have been asked by the police to return at once and see if their homes have been ransacked by burglars. Already six residents in the block have been found to have been looted and at least $75,000 worth of valuables stolen, while paintings, rugs, and furniture valued at a greater amount have been ruined by the vandals. A verdict of guilty of the murder in the second degree was returned by the jury in the Bessie Wakefield murder case in New Haven yesterday afternoon. Miss Wakefield's husband was murdered June 22, 1913. James Plew has already been hanged for the crime. In her first trial, Miss Wakefield was sentenced to be hanged. That he has sufficient evidence to convict Miss Florence Carmen of the murder in the first degree for the slaying of Miss Louisa Bailey in Dr. Carmen's office in Freeport, Illinois, was the statement yesterday of Attorney Smith of Nassau County. Smith said, Celia Coleman, Carmen's maid, knows about the 38 caliber gun with which the killing was done. She can tell all about it, too. The case is now complete. We can convict for the first-degree manslaughter or first-degree murder. There is yet no cessation of hostilities in Mexico, according to a dispatch received by the Constitutionalist Agency in Washington, reporting the capture of the city of Guanajuato by the revolutionist forces under the General Jesus Aranza. The Norwegian aviator Lieutenant Gran, who is a member of the Scots Antarctic Expedition, 
made a successful flight over the North Sea yesterday from Calden Bay, Aberdeenshire, Scotland, landing near Stavanger. He accomplished a flight of 320 miles in four hours and 10 minutes. Mr. and Mrs. Singh Holmes Savard started yesterday afternoon from the Battery at New York on a trip across the Atlantic in their cockleshell motor lifeboat. The insurance companies have refused to accept the risk. Throwing snowballs in midsummer was a new form of sport for Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Throwing snowballs in midsummer was a new form of sport for the Pittsfield, Massachusetts boys yesterday. A heavy hailstorm occurred at noon. The hailstones were six inches deep in front of the city hall where they rolled off the steep roof. L.B. Hoskins, contractor of Ashtabula, Ohio, was killed instantly, and Leslie Miller of Austinburg died an hour after an excursion train on the Nickel Plate Railroad struck their automobile near Geneva yesterday. Brooding over the losses they have suffered as a result of the war crisis, Eugene Beer a well-known banker of Berlin, and his wife yesterday committed suicide by taking poison. Drowning of more than 3,000 persons and property losses of 4 million resulting from a great flood sweeping through the 29 districts in the province of Kuatung, China, are reported in consular advisories to the State Department of Canton. 8 million persons are in want, the report added. Crops have been destroyed and the country is still underwater. Heh. <laughs> See, I told you yesterday someone was going to get robbed, but they don't learn otherwise. Old Mr. and Mrs. Singholm Sivard wouldn't have told the world about their big boat trip. Dang, John. You just love being right a little too much. I'm thinking you might be the vandal. wonder if there's a reward. <laughs> if there was, you wouldn't be collecting it. I don't see why not. You're just as good a suspect as poor old Miss Hall. So are you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got me there. You know, they like talking about all these women killers. I'm thinking there may be something in history that we missed along the way. Nah, they're just mad. This is not the best time to be a lady. That's true enough. If we're still here tomorrow, we'll go see them ladies at the baseball game. But I'm staying away from those peanuts this time, all right? There isn't a single day that's the same old, same old in the world. Everything is changing. Just take a look at Bessie Wakefield, a 24-year-old mother of two children who had become the first woman convicted of first-degree murder in Connecticut for the death of her husband, William Wakefield, whose body was discovered in the woods near Cheshire, Connecticut, on June 28, 1913. William had been shot, stabbed multiple times, and strangled with a pair of shoelaces. Within a few days, Bessie and a local farmhand named James Plew were arrested for the crime. They tried to make the murder look like a suicide and failed miserably. The state's case against them claimed that Plew had killed William, and that Bessie had conspired with Plue, even encouraged him to kill her husband. Also, the two of them could be together. That made her an accessory to the crime. Plue pled guilty, but Bessie Wayfield denied any involvement in or knowledge of the murder of her husband. Nevertheless, despite her denials, Wakefield was found guilty and sentenced to hang. Later on, the suffragette movement will take on the fight to free poor old Bessie. But that's a story for another time. There's a world war starting. Will John and Ed stick around, or is it time for them to fall a bit further through time? Guess we'll have to wait and see. Join me again in a few days when we look in on John and Ed again as they continue falling through the archives. This podcast has been brought to you by Watershed Z Productions, starring Jim Hodges as the narrator, John Teach as John, 
Corey Andre as Ed, with special guest Mike Allender as advertisers. Music is from 1910 and 1911 and in the public domain. In order, they are Child's Festival by the Indestructible Bohemian Orchestra, By the Light of the Silvery Moon by Billy Murray and Hayden Quartet, That Lovin' Rag by Sophie Tucker, The Cuban Nola Glide by Arthur Collins and Byron Harlan. Has Anybody Seen Kelly? By Nora Bays. Meet Me Tonight in Dreamland. By Henry Burr. Silver Bell. By the Peerless Quartet. And Come Josephine in My Flying Machine. By Ada Jones and the American Quartet. Sound design done by Hayden Hodges. The newspaper articles read on the show are actual written accounts of the time period and can be found in the Library of Congress under Chronicling America. If you would like to help support the show, you can by sharing our show with your friends. Follow and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. And check us out at Patreon, at The Falling Archivists, where you'll find exclusive content and merchandise. In all honesty, it takes a lot to keep the show going. And we truly appreciate all the help we can get. Always pay attention to where and when you are, or you too may find yourself falling through the archives. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.